We are the anchors of Queer News Tonight, and this evening we discuss the queer headlines. Kedna Ashley joins Hotspots Happening Out Art Gallery as Art Director Apprentice, enhancing Black LGBTQ representation and fostering diverse perspectives. An out South Florida exclusive, Wilton Manor's Mayor Scott Newton talks funding, quality of life, and re-election. Florida's Department of Highway Safety restricts gender updates on licenses and demands proof of biological sex, sparking criticism for infringing transgender rights. Human Rights Campaign State Equality Index unveils stark LGBTQ rights disparities among states, saying there is two Americas. LGBTQ Americans are rethinking their drinking habits with a shift toward less alcohol consumption influenced by generational changes and health consciousness. So good evening and welcome to Queer News Tonight. This is the world's first and only LGBTQ plus daily evening television news broadcasting live and then available on demand. Available on all smart televisions, including Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, Amazon Fire TV, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. It's time to queer up the news. It's Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. We are live and literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your important stories we're going to tell this evening on... Queer News Tonight. This is the world's first live daily LGBTQ evening news show, literally out of the closet and into the headlines on Queer News Tonight. I'm your anchor at Queer News Tonight. Say what? And this evening we bring you the news of and perspective representing the LGBTQ plus community from South Florida, America, and across our planet. This is the world's first and only unedited live LGBTQ plus evening news show. Whatever happens unique in LGBTQ plus news, you will hmm. see it and hear it. Hotspots Magazine, Happening Out Television Network, is a nonprofit 501c3 media company in the same models of PBS and NPR but designed for the LGBTQ plus community. Our mission, support the 10 pillars of our community. We want to inform and educate the key issues of our black community, Latino, lesbian and queer women, trans, student youth, seniors, HIV AIDS healthcare, business, social justice, and faith. Help us support our community. We are part of one of the largest LGBTQ plus media companies in America, Hotspots Magazine and Happening on Television Network. In 2024, our magazine is celebrating 40 years of the LGBTQ plus experience and our television news, talk and entertainment shows support our mission to educate the LGBTQ plus and broader community. So let's meet tonight's incredible panel and begin with the one, the only Miss Bonnie Builder. Bonnie is the premier South Florida bodybuilding drag queen and the current reigning Mixed Marys 2023. A recent graduate of FIU, she definitely comes to life with a microphone and a spotlight. Welcome back, sis. Hey, I'm so happy to be your forever Mixed Mary. <laughs> yes, right? Yes. They broke the mold once they gave you that crown. Because I'm so heavy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Next up, let's welcome my brother from another mother. You know him as John Hayden. A journalist for 29 years, he is now a senior reporter for Out South Florida. You can follow him on Instagram at John Hayden Journalist for breaking news and live reports from community events. His new entertainment show, The W Boys, will premiere at Happening Out Television Network on March 12th. Welcome back, John. How are you, baby? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, working with uh, Eric Restivo to get our, our new show up and off the ground. But you and I have had a very 
busy week yes, together. Yes, we have. Um, Monday, you helped me welcome in the newest member of my family. Oh, yeah, there he is. That's Mr. B. That's Mr. Beaglesworth. And he is a 12-year-old who needed a new home. And and he's found it, and he won't leave my side when he I'm at home. You. He's wonderful. Yeah, he loves you. I've never seen a guy take to you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and and last Wednesday, you and I went to Eric Restivo's yes! first trivia night. Yes! There we are. Yes, team. We like dicks. The sporting goods store, obviously. Yes, yes of course. Team. We like dicks. One. We are the reigning champions and we will be back there tonight to defend our title so come to the pub from seven to nine and and and, and if, if you think us. if you think you know more than me prove it <laughs> you know a lot of like, senseless shit I that's do. <laughs> but it's gonna be a great time and definitely go on over to the pub all yeah. right all right next is dr edward summers he's the executive director of pride lines miami's lgbtq community center he served as a primary therapist and program director at eye care treatment center in west palm beach he was also the founder and ceo of new york-based nonprofit, the thank you Bader. welcome back dr summers weren't you just in Thanks. west palm beach yeah, well, but I told you to home. get away. I told you to get away. I was hoping you get out of the state. New York, you know right? I, mean? yeah. I was up there helping a sober buddy, you know, and uh, who's struggling. So, uh, but it's it's good to be back Aww, here. Service yeah. always. Of course. I love you. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love him. <laughs> Next up, let's welcome Hunter Ohanian. He is now a community consultant with more than 30 years of experience. He is the former ED of the Stonewall National Museum and served as CEO of the College Art Associations, the first, the world's largest professional society supporting visual arts, art historians, and curators. He also served as museum director of the prestigious Leslie Lohman Museum of Gay and Lesbian Art in New York. He's an expert in gay history, culture, law, and politics. You're an expert in everything. Come on. <laughs> Let's be real, Hunter. I asked him about the best the best use of hair gel, and you had at least five different ways that I could use it. Good evening, Hunter. Welcome back, Poppy. Thank you. How are you? I am good. It's I'm blessed. Great. It's great to be here. I have one thing to plug to tonight. Many of you may know Wilton Art and Wilton Manners, mm -hmm. and they do a great job in doing public art out there, and they're going to have um, a 12-inch by 12-inch art auction mm -hmm. is going to be at the Pride Corner Gallery and Framing on Wilton Drive. And the opening is going to be this Saturday, February 3rd from 5 p.m. And I'm going to have an another piece in that show. Oh, well too. So how exciting, Hunter. To, everybody needs to come out. The pieces, the bidding will start at $125 and it's an auction. And all the work goes to support the public art in Wilton Manor. Oh, so if you see those wonderful sculptures up mm -hmm. on the light poles and you see what they do around the holidays, you'll be getting a great piece of art. And you'll also be supporting public art in Wilton Manors. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, Hunter. Sure. So, folks, we are the reporters for Queer News Tonight. And this evening, we begin with the queer headlines. The LGBTQ plus community in South Florida and across America is diverse. Our community across the world is vast. And here are the bullet points of the queer news for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. Let's begin with queering up South Florida and Florida. Kedna Ashley becomes apprentice at Hotspots Happening Out LGBTQ plus art gallery. The Hotspots Happening Out Art Gallery with Dennis Dean announced today the addition of Kedna Ashley to the team as the new art director apprentice. In line with the gallery's commitment to creating a safe haven for the LGBTQ community, the apprenticeship program aims to empower queer artists. The space is the sole national gallery showcasing LGBTQ artwork year-round. The program provides comprehensive training in curation and the responsibilities of an art director. Ashley is set to commence her role during the gallery's Black History Month exhibit in February. 
The opening reception is on February 3rd and runs throughout the month. The gallery's Women's History Month exhibit will begin in March, reinforcing the commitment to diverse and inclusive representation. As a queer woman of color, Ashley's appointment not only contributes to the gallery's mission, but also adds a valuable perspective to the team, enriching the cultural tapestry of the space. She's a self-taught digital artist based in South Florida who crafts artwork that shares personal experiences, lessons, unique expressions, and perspectives on life. The Apprentice is welcomed the apprenticeship is welcomed in our diverse LGBTQ plus South Florida community. And I couldn't be happier. I mean, first of all, Ashley is a badass. Let's begin with that. All right. So her addition is like, I'm thanking her, right? Like, oh my God, thank you for coming on board. Right. And also our hotspots happening out art gallery with Dennis Dean. I love what they're doing every year, mm. every month. You know, they're making a point to focus on, on what that month is celebrating, like Black History Month for February, like Women's History Month. They also do uh, Latin History Month. They do Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I mean, they really definitely try to spotlight, you know, because yes, we're LGBTQ+, but we fit in in a lot of different boxes, right? And they want to make sure that you're seen as a queer artist, as a queer, uh, as a queer art lover, you know, and, and I think that they really do that so exceptionally. And again, um, Miss Ashley's um, addition to the group. I, I can't wait to talk to her. I'm actually going to um, interview her soon because I got to just know more about her, you know, and I'm just super excited. You going to get her in bed? Uh, she's a woman, right? Just because she's a woman? No, just because you do your show in bed. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll, 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 honestly, I'll interview her wherever the hell. You big cool. hussy. Speaking of um, Dennis Dean and the Hotspots Gallery, you will actually catch me there this February 3rd. We're doing an exhibition for Black History Month. Not only will I be there um, seeking attention, um, <laughs> I, will be also, I will also be reciting a poem and I will also be featured in one of the pieces. So I want to do a special shout out to Dennis Dean and JB for allowing me to be part of this project and this exhibition. I am truly honor i don't i don't know how i keep getting asked to do stuff like this i just wake up look like this and then just people want to take pictures of me <laughs> and i will say yes every time so thank you thank you thank you and i will see you guys there this weekend okay, hot it's spot gonna be so much fun yes yes and, and and i need to piggyback on what you said you know uh jameer baptiste jb uh you know what he does is just incredible between him and dennis what they like transform that gallery into every month and their organization and just you know how passionate they are about queer art and people being seen means everything to us so thank you jb for all you do no i think this is great and i i like the idea of an apprenticeship to allow somebody from a different background to come in and learn and to grow and um, she's going to learn how to be actually a director and so this is a great opportunity to showcase her for her to bring her talent her history her personal experiences there but for her to, her to learn and grow as well yeah hopefully she's one of our next leaders in another space right so right and, and hunter i'm, I'm super well, curious as to what you yeah, think Bevin. well i mean i think the gallery is t terrific i've been to many shows and of course i've known uh, i've known them for a while i totally agree with you though about about, um, about the apprenticeship. I wish that there were more opportunities for people to be able to get involved like that. Imagine if every LGBTQ plus organization around were able to bring one person in, and particularly women and people of color, mm -hmm. that the pipeline is not really there. The jobs are not really there for them to be able to come through and to get those. Yeah. And so I think that should be a big priority. And also I think, like I was saying, uh, for, for Wilton Art and, and for Hotspots Gallery, 
this town needs more art galleries. We need more original art on our walls, mm -hmm. and we need to be able to show that. Yes, people can go to Target and buy stuff, but you know what? There's a lot of good artists around you, and having art by living artists on your walls is really a good idea. Right? You mean you mean there's more to art than a cat hanging from a branch that says, hang in there? Yeah, well, yeah that's a good but that is your yeah. that, that is, But that, that does go with your house. Yeah. It, it, it really has. But you know, to, to, your, to your comment about needing more art galleries, um, I have an article in Out South Florida this week about how the Wilton Art Walk has turned the corner mm -hmm. um, because now they do go down Dixie Highway. Um, Dennis Dean's gallery is not the only one there. There's two across the street mm -hmm. uh, that each have their own niche. And um, there's a, a Delizioso, that's the name of it, and it is as delicious as it sounds, that serves wine on Art Walk nights and things. Not this coming Saturday, but every third Saturday of the that's month. That's the door you're in front of most of that's the time. That's the door I'm in front of, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that in dry January. But no, but, but, but no, that stretch of Dixie Highway has gone from a burgeoning arts district to a must-see, a must-stop destination right. for people who are in Wilton Manor. So yeah, this, this story brings me joy to no end. Yeah, yeah I love that. Don, what's next? Oh, uh, well, we're going to queer up out South Florida with an out South Florida exclusive. Wilton, Man Wilton Manor's mayor, Scott Newton, talks funding, quality of life, and re-election. Scott Newton is sharing his political plans in an exclusive interview. In this week's issue, he tells me that he will run for another term as mayor of Wilton Manors. He believes there is more work to do and he is the person to lead the city. He says this will be his last run. Now, two years ago, he said that was gonna be his last run, but times change. And on Monday, he told me, quote, I'm gonna finish what I think needs to be done in the next two and a half years. I couldn't get it done in six months, but I'm sure I could get it done in two and a half years. If I don't, I'll stop running, end quote. Many of those problems are invisible goals, like improving our infrastructure, including sewage issues. If you don't notice, you don't notice it when it's working right, but we sure notice when the sewer backs up. He also just returned from Tallahassee, where he met with lawmakers, deciding which projects to approve and how much money they're gonna pony up. The pie is small and Newton worked to make sure the city's slice is big. We talk for more than 35 minutes on a wide range of subjects. And you catch more of my interview in Out South Florida on stands and online. And um, you, you, you uh, talked to him for a while, though. We did. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in this two square mile little city of ours. <laughs> um, Seawalls. This is going to be a multi-billion dollar project that's going to take decades to complete if we're going to protective uh, protect the city from rising seawalls, which are or sea levels, which are uh, by 2070 are projected to be in our backyards. Oh, wow. So there's a lot going on now. Um, no one else has declared that I'm aware of. Um, and by the way, he just told me he has not formally filed his paperwork yet, but he does intend to run. Um, Chris, Commissioners Chris Caputo and Vice Mayor Mike Brocky, mm -hmm. uh, their terms are also up this year, and I haven't heard about them. I haven't, I don't know if anybody is for sure going to run, but I don't think he'll be alone on the ballot. So now that he sort of staked out his position, it's going to be, uh, interesting to see how the other players come, because I don't know who might have been thinking to run for mayor and may yeah. stay down because, you know, Scott does have a lot of online support. He's lived here in Wilton Manors his entire life, his except entire for the four years he went life. to college. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. That is. Oh my God. You know, and, and I know that there's certain people in our community that wish that um, our mayor in Wilton Manors was gay. 
okay? And, yeah. and Scott Newton is, uh, is straight, as straight as they come. But I love that he's straight, okay? I love that he uses his allyship to help us on an everyday basis, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wilton Manners is, is not just gay. There are other straight people, too. You know, mm -hmm. at least two or three of them. I'm investigating. <laughs> I'm investigating that. <laughs> um, but I saw, Scott, I saw Scott Newton yesterday at the Myth uh, Gastro Bar Grand Opening. And um, he said to me, I'm like, okay, so are you running? He goes, I gave the exclusive to John Faye. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Thank you. I go, so does that mean yes? <laughs> so, um, Scott, so Scott Newton will actually be in Faye What's Bed uh, in next week or two weeks from now. So I'm really looking forward to that. But he did say that he didn't know if he was being, who was running against him yet. Correct. Do you know that? Not, I, do, I do not. Not even rumors or anything? I do know rumors, but I'd rather not go there <gasps> on this. But I know, I know. But, um, you know, to your point about having, um, but our four commissioners, a vice mayor and the three commissioners, are all LGBTQ. Scott is our lone, he's our token straight. He's our token <laughs> straight. But, but, no, do you know where he told me he was this last, last Saturday night? Alibi? No, even better. He was at the Mr. Eagle pageant. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, I mean, nice. Scott, Scott, I like doesn't, him. Scott doesn't just like work with our community. Yeah. Yeah. He he is part of our community yes. because our community is part is the Wilton Manors community. And yeah. so I enjoy I'm certainly not endorsing him, not unendorsed, not endorsing him. But I'm, mm -hmm. I am I've got some good interviews that I've had with him and there'll be more coming out over the weeks to come. Oh, I can't wait. I look forward to it. And again, make sure that you catch Scott Newton in, ba in bed with me. That's which how he's going to get my vote. Where he's going to be saying everything that he already told John. But that's okay. <laughs> Bonnie, what's next, Mama? Next, let's clear up trans rights. Florida will prohibit gender changes on driver's licenses, only allowing sex at birth. The dark and ominous ramifications coming out of Florida's capital continue. A controversial move by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles is generating significant criticism and sparking a broader discussion on individual rights. The department has issued a memo instructing county tax collectors to stop allowing individuals to update their gender identities on driver's licenses. The new policy requires proof that the gender on the license aligns with the person's biological sex and demands a, quote, primary identification document for verification. Critics are denouncing the decision as an attack on transgender individuals. Deputy Exec Executive Director Robert Kinnock said that the memo is part of a review of the department's policies to align services with stakeholders. According to the memo, the prior policy of allowing a new license for those wishing to alter their gender markers will be revoked. Going forward, a replacement license can only be issued for reasons like loss, theft, or changes in information such as address. County tax collectors are tasked to use the supporting documents to establish a person's gender identity. Any misrepresentation of gender on a license will be deemed fraud, exposing the offender to criminal and civil penalties. The memo's statements <laughs> of biological sex also raise questions for those who have already updated their gender identities or whose appearance may not align with the sex assigned at birth. Florida Representative Anna Eskamani was the first to bring attention to the mem memo. She calls it an attack on the transgender community. The Florida Democratic Party and local LGBTQ organizations also condemned the policy. Nadine Smith, executive director of Equality Florida, has called the memo a, quote, government overreach. Now, just off of who, I, who I've spoken with um, on this issue, because it's been on social media literally all day long. Yeah. I literally have a, an acquaintance of mine who is a trans male, and he has no idea what to put on his license. 
despite how visually how he comes off that shouldn't matter he is a man by all means like period. he is a man yeah. period mm -hmm. yep. and the fact that he has to decipher what to put on his license to not be ridiculed to not be charged with something like this is absolutely uh heartbreaking like you're a human being you want a license you put your your gender on your license and that should be it but they will find every which way <sighs> To fuck with us. I yeah. tried to find like a no, nice way to say, it, but, but they will find no every nice way, way to fuck with us. Yeah. And they Absolutely. are. And they're, I mean, complete target against the T. Completely, mm -hmm. completely, I think, you know? And what the hell, what document do you want me to show you? Want me to show you my badge and show you my license to show you? I mean, like, what what, what would they want, John? Birth certificate. Yeah. A birth so certificate. people are going to have to start carrying around their birth certificate. Like, uh, if we're, like if we're undocumented folks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, well uh, when you go to the license bureau, mm -hmm. when you go to the license, I mean, I had to, I mean, the fact that what they're using it for now is yes, definitely overreach. But I had like when I had to get my driver's license for the little gold star so that TSA will accept your license and everything. I had to prove I had to bring like my birth certificate yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. something and stuff. something else. Uh -huh. So I mean, that's what they're going to look at. They're going to look at the county uh, from wherever state you were born in, and they're going to look at it and determine if it's been altered or, or things like that. This is this is fascist, yeah. and this is to not highest degree. This is not hyperbole fascist. In Italy right now, they are revoking birth certificates of parents, of same-sex parents who have children. It's illegal for same-sex couples to adopt, and the birth certificates are being revoked. Exactly what they're going to do here in Florida with thousands of people's driver's license. It's sick. And the thing is, there's no reason for this. No one is protected mm -hmm. parents aren't being aren't being given choice over anything there is zero reason to have this type of oversight of adults but republicans and the fascists do it in our health care yeah. they do it in our schools they do it in our homes nowhere is safe the party of small government takes a big interest in keeping people down who don't look just and act just like them just like bonnie said they want to f with us yeah. Yeah. they want to f with us. so what happens so you get pulled over they take your license and they what they arrest you for for the license not matching your what your gender whatever identity is to the yeah, cop whatever your documentation is it's absolutely r ridiculous and so you know n number one this is just screaming at all of us Vote, 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 mm -hmm. vote, vote, because these are the p people who are m making these kind of changes. Number two, if there's a document out there, remember a birth certificate is a legal document just like any other d document. Why don't they create a document that says that somebody has a different gender than they had that was assigned to them at birth? Why does it have to rely upon something that was made 20 years ago, 30 years ago by somebody else before the person w was, was m more than a week old? Yeah. Why can't you actually go down the path of being able to to substantiate who you are. And actually a driver's license, for many years when people changed their gender on a dr driver's license, it was the only portable proof that they had that that was their new gender. And now they're taking that away for, from them mm. because it was the most likely d document for, for them to have with them. Yeah. But again, the state legislature can make these d changes and it depends upon who, who's there and you can see what they're trying to do. do and, you know, and you know what breaks my heart is thinking of the people in our community that have already changed their gender officially, right? Yeah. Hard. Work so hard, hard. hard. and jump through hoops because they don't yeah. make that easy. No, <laughs> okay? no, no, no. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it's very curious that our fellow governor drops out of the race and all of a sudden he's back attacking us. In the, back in the to us.
Uh, it's just, it's ridiculous, it's ludicrous. Um, we should be able to decide and determine whether we want a male or female. I mean, the government shouldn't be in my business, you know? And, and, and it's a shame to John's point, I'm sorry, to John's point, the Republicans who are like back hands off economics, hands off government, the fact that they're so intrusive, they're so a part of every aspect of our lives, yet that that's so against their principles mm -hmm. of the Republican party. Well, the irony of it. Yeah, and that's the last thing I wanted to say is just who is it bothering about what, besides yeah. the individual, how does that bother anybody no else one. out there? How does it affect anyone? The governor came back sour. <laughs> he lost. Real sour. He lost. After an ass whipping, Yeah, he got his ass whipped. So now he's back on his... his exactly. Look, like, like I said before, when he, when he withdrew, I feel like we are part of a domestic um, abusive relationship yeah. Yeah, with yeah, the Santis. Yeah, and he left to Washington to try, you know, and I was like, great, he's gone. He won't beat me. And now That's he's right. back to beating my ass. And that's how our community feels. Absolutely. So now, next, let's queer up the U.S. view. The HRC dire warning. There are two Americas for queer people based on your state. There is a stark divide between states on the LGBTQ rights, as revealed in the Human Rights newly released State Equality Index. The report, conducted in partnership with the Equality Federation, assesses the LGBTQ plus rights records of all 50 states and the District of Columbia unveiling a landscape shaped by differing policies and priorities. The index categorizes states into distinct tiers. 20 states along the DC, along with DC, are placed in the highest rated category, termed working toward innovative equality. Five states fall into the next category, labeled solidifying equality, while two states are classified under building equality. Alarming, 23 states, including Florida, find themselves in the lowest rated category, identified as high priority to achieve basic equality. Despite 2023 being the worst year on record for anti-LGBTQ plus state legislation, a few states made significant strides. Michigan, previously in the lowest category, moved up due to the passage of major LGBTQ rights bills. Arizona progressed from the lowest category to building equality. However, some states saw a regression with Utah, Kentucky, and North Dakota moving down a category due to the enactment of homophobic and transphobic legislation. As we enter 2024 legislative session, in 36 states have seen the introduction of 325 anti-LGBTQ bills, many targeting transgender individuals. Advocates are stressing the urgency for collective action against these discriminatory legislation, emphasizing the need for public engagement and shaping a more inclusive future. The HRC report, highlights that we have two Americas for LGBTQ plus people, half in a world of equality and half in places that continues to be difficult to exist. <sighs> yeah. Unpuck that. Un unpuck yeah, that. It's, it's, it's a lot there. And of course, you know, we're in a state that is at the lowest of ratings. And we just talked about it in this previous segment where, you know, we have this trans um, issue where, you know, you have to now identify as your birth sex. Um, I, I, it's it's challenging. This is very, very challenging. Um, I'm glad that HRC does this. Um, it makes us aware of where the work that needs to be done. Um, but I'm, I'm very sad in states like our state and other states where we continuously see um, government, our government, 
fighting against the people when it's supposed to be for the people. And against mm -hmm. us, you know. And against us. And it's alarming, but not surprising, you know. And of course, our bestie Texas is just there with us, you know. And it's all it's all the transphobia. It's all the homophobia. That's what it is. I mean, there is no way that for us to achieve basic human rights, that's all we ask for. We're not asking for the world. We're asking for basic human rights that these 23 states are not willing to give us. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I found no news in this story. I wish I was more surprised yeah. by what I read in this story, but I was I was not surprised at all. It's a they the Republicans have a high priority to deny us rights. That's the category <laughs> that that they should really call it. Um, but that said, and it's good that we take a temperature and we know where we're at in, on a particular spectrum of, of rights. But we kind of need to stop doing these stories mm. or the, these surveys. We need to start taking action. Let's use these surveys to put together action plans. And I'm sure that's the goal, but we do a lot of these surveys, but the action plans are sort of convoluted. I'm like, there, I don't know anything that any of our uh, politically minded LGBTQ plus service organizations are doing for this year. Where's the organization? I can tell you there's not a lot of it in LGBTQ plus circles uh, here in South Florida. We are a lost cause for this election cycle. Nothing good is going to happen uh, for Florida. <laughs> and then it's Hunter's true. nodding. It, oh. Well, but but you, you know, so, I mean, we were t talking about it in the last segment about the idea of having, of, of getting out there and voting. All of these state legislatures in these 23 odd states that have these low rights for LGBTQ people, it's a result of the fact that we were asleep. Progressives were asleep at the switch mm -hmm. with regard to school committees, city councils, and state legislatures. And the Republicans came in there over the last two de decades and learned how to control all those things. And they have taken control of them. And we now have a country in which you know, I'm not even sure that many Republicans believe what they're voting for. <laughs> they're simply, they simply are doing it just to get votes yeah. and to and to get this hardcore conservative core of votes that we have, whether it's race or whether it's gender or whether it's LGBTQ rights. They're simply trying to solidify that with this absolute bullshit that they're putting out over and over again. Yeah, and, and we see the results. No, I, I can't agree more. But I, I do think that there's pockets of groups that are working together, but they don't get the recognition. I'm a part of a coalition. Coalition. Admittedly, I haven't been that active because I've just been so busy with other things. But there's a Miami Coalition uh, for Youth, for instance, which Prism is a part of, Safe Schools is a part of. I'm on the listserv. Um, they're constantly talking about advocacy um, issues. And they were just up uh, in Tallahassee about a week ago um, um, advocating. Uh, and so there are these small pockets, but they're not getting the recognition. Um, and perhaps the, they need to speak a little bit more loudly about the work that they're doing and they're attempting to do uh, to advocate and lobby for our community. But I think we need to see more of that, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's enough of it, John, to your point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hunter, what's next, sweetheart? Next, let's queer up gay culture. LGBTQ plus drinking. A study shows significant drop in the last 20 years as zero proof movement gains ground. As we step into the end of January in our new year, some Americans are considering changes to their drinking habits. We're finishing the symbolic dry January. A Gallup survey reveals that 62% of United States adults drink alcohol, while 38% choose not to. That marks a significant change from the late 1970s when 71% of adults reported consuming alcohol. Adults aged 35 to 54, those with a college degree, higher income individuals, and those attending church less frequently are more likely to drink. 
In 2021, the average person age 21 or older consumed around three or 603 standard drinks a year. This type of alcohol consumed by the LGBTQ plus community has also shifted with less beer and more wine being consumed since 1970. Surprisingly, young adults today are less likely to drink compared to two decades ago, while older adults are more likely to do so. According to the University of Michigan's Monitoring the Future survey, underage drinking among U.S. teens has declined over the last 20 years. As Generation Z comes of age, they're changing how we think about drinking. Generation Z purchasing 10% less alcohol than, than millennials and 25% less than baby boomers. The similar attitude toward alcohol drinking has propelled the zero proof movement, which means that you don't need alcohol to have a great time. This has motivated the opening of non-alcoholic bars or sober bars across the country. Does it also mean the LGBTQ plus future generation will consume less alcohol than we do today? Well, I found this to be a really interesting story because first of all, I don't see a drop in alcohol consumption. I see, I see people young and middle-aged and whatever generation I see people drinking. The other thing is about drinking and the LGBTQ community, it plays a big role in that alcohol was something which actually fueled the Red Scare in the 1950s. Mm. And what that was about was after World War II and when the State Department said homosexuals couldn't serve in the military. It was because they believed that all homosexuals were alcoholics <laughs> and they were deviants as a result of being alcoholics. <laughs> and because if you were an alcoholic, you could then, and you got drunk, you would then tell secrets to communists. Wow. And so they had, well, they had what they, I know. And wow. so this is this craziness. This is, this is the craziness that actually the government actually put on. But so they, they got to the point of saying, all, all gay people are alcoholics, and they're all going to spill the tea, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's been my experience. <laughs> well, a communist that you are. Yeah, the you are. Oh, no, I thought I was a columnist. Damn it. Well, that makes so much more sense now. Um, I, you know, uh, first off, non-alcoholic or sober bars, those are called coffee houses, and they've been, a, they've been around for a minute. Okay. That said, I don't think we're saying this is a huge drop, 71% to 62. I don't, for over 45 to 50 years, I don't think that's a big drop. I mean, that's 9% over 45 years. Uh, so I don't really think it's a sea change. It's noticeable, certainly. And I think, uh, the proliferation of legal, uh, marijuana for recreational or, or medical use has certainly, uh, helped lean into that that decline but now nine percent i mean smoking has dropped from uh like what 60 percent in this in the 60s yeah. to less like 12 percent of people smoke regularly today so i mean so this trend doesn't really even register as a blip for me yeah well, I'm, I mean, gonna, I'm, I'm sorry please go bonnie i'm gonna say i ain't noticed shit because no. when i go to the bar <laughs> there's a line of like six or seven rogue rats in front of me trying to take all the fucking captain and coats so i can't get it so um <laughs> i don't know about this trend um i i think that kids are doing and this is based off me this is my opinion this is not hotspots opinion i think <laughs> kids are doing drugs nowadays and i think that's what it is i think they're finding it easier to get a hold of they can do it from home mm -hmm. and they can like get high and hop on tiktok and i think that's what the main issue is alcohol 
is still a prevalent part of this queer community. It yeah. helps me get booked because it makes me look so much more beautiful. <laughs> so like, I don't need this decline to happen. I refuse to believe it's a real thing. It's hard It's hard to believe that decline is, especially because we live in a party town. We live in mm. South Florida where people come down here for spring break for people. People come here to get effed up. That is their goal when they come here on vacation. So I can understand how it's hard for us to see that, you know? Um, there is, you know, is it okay for me to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so me and Dr. Ed are both in recovery. You know, we both have a couple of years so of sobriety. And yeah. so, you know, we're out there and we know that, yes, it's a huge problem in our community. And we know that there's a lot of people, our brothers and sisters, you know, and non-binary folks that, you know, are, are struggling through through addiction, you know, yeah. alcohol and drugs, you know. So I, I can't say that I agree with this drop either. I agree that more people are probably doing drugs. And according to, you know, in my clubhouse, in my AA clubhouse, we have AA meetings, we have NA meetings. My NA meetings are way more full than my <laughs> AA meetings. Yeah. Let's just say that they they span out into the parking lot. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I'm with you, Faye. And uh, at, at Pride Lines, we have um, we we're bringing back our AA meetings because uh, it didn't have the the population, and we're bringing it back. But our CMA meetings and our NA meetings are over oversubscribed, and mm. so. But we're going to go back to um, AA. I'm going to go um, a little little sad note here. Actually, on my way here on my way here and this is this i'm a little down today uh, my ex um which faye and i talked about when i was in her bed who struggles um with addiction as well uh went back to new york um because it just didn't work out but his best friend his best friend just today uh od'd and died mm. it's tough oh, sorry. it's oh. tough but i don't it's 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 Thank you. I appreciate that. It's addiction's rough. It's tough. Well, and it comes with the territory of getting sober. The, it, you know it, what I mean? Most of the people that I came in with yeah. are dead or yeah. in prison this or they're back out. This is what happens. But I don't I don't see to the point of the story. I don't see the re reduction. No. I see more and more of it. Um, I used to work in higher ed. I used to be a college professor, an administrator, and quite frankly, it's all over those campuses, man. Yeah, I, I yeah. think back to my days. I was a frat guy in the closet, Ooh. frat guy, you know, yeah. pounding beers and yeah. like pounding, yeah. pounding beers, Ooh. pounding beers, <laughs> and broads. See Doctor Ed Both. just like yeah. pounding beers and like squishing it on his Ooh. forehead. Oh, I can totally, I can that. totally see it. I have a question, um, and this is uh, someone. I have my medical marijuana card. I also um, have a VIP account at Crown Liquors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so and a full bar, uh, and a uh -huh. full bar. Um, but I, I'm curious, just from my, for, I would love to know, is the people who are clean and sober seems to be a very, almost like a subset of a subset, weed notwithstanding, which is a bigger problem today in South Florida? Um, our, our rampant alcoholism or the more underground meth, um, drug use, coke, I, would, I mean, everything. again, only my opinion yeah. would be uh, the meth and coke. The narcotics. Um, okay. Unfortunately, that, yeah. you know, um, you know, alcohol is, ev is everywhere and it's just part of everybody's regular routine, right? And uh, for drugs, unfortunately, a lot of our stuff down here in South Florida has fentanyl in it. Yeah. So people are just overdosing at alarming rates and people don't think that just, you know, a Zanny bar and some vodka would just put them to sleep. It will also tell your brain to make you stop breathing. So, yeah. you know, and that happens so often in yeah. our community. That, that's a major point. You when know? you purchase alcohol from a bar, it's monitored. It's it's organized. You trust the source in which you're getting the alcohol from. When you're getting narcotics, you don't always know the source. Mm -hmm. You just get what you get, and hopefully it doesn't mess you up. So I think that is a, a major issue in Florida, uh, the country, and the world. Like Just a, a non-proper uh, monitoring of narcotics to make sure that like if people are doing it and they are trust me 
um, that it doesn't kill them off, that they can try it safely in a monitored setting and like have a good time or learn its effects and decide not to do it. Yeah. But like alcohol is monitored, narcotics isn't properly monitored. That's a huge yeah, issue. And, and to Faye's point earlier, um, you know, it's South Florida, right? So it's the party spot. So a lot of people come in have the party, have a good time. But also this is the recovery capital. It is. It is the recovery <laughs> And so we have so many people who come down here to get clean and sober. Some of us stay sober, some of us don't, and we continue to live in the community. But I agree with Faye, like, uh, narcotics, and, and, you know, Bonnie, narcotics is the number one. Alcohol, you know, it's an issue, but yeah. narcotics, it's the silent killer. Actually, not so silent killer. It yeah. is the killer yeah. because of uh, fentanyl in it. And people, I often see it, saw this when I worked in the treatment industry. People say, I never did fentanyl. And then you test them, and they're like, oh, no, you test positive fentanyl. No, I just did coke. No, <laughs> in that damn coke. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's 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 crazy. I um, I had a friend. I'm sorry, to, sorry to tell stories today, but I had a friend who um, was in recovery, got out of recovery, he was doing well. A therapist as well, like buddy, we're peers, you know. Literally, uh, because of a grinder date, a grinder hookup, he did uh, he did um meth, and literally was out for a whole week. I like had to fight to get him back. I literally was like, dude, what are you like? What are you doing? I'm, I'll come to you. Got to him um, up in Boca. He stayed at my house for a week. Luckily, thank God, I didn't, I didn't really want to trust it, but I, I trusted him because he's a friend and a colleague. He stayed clean for a whole week, thank God. But like for that whole week, him coming down off meth, he was an airhead. I was like, who the fuck are you? Wow. Who, who are, like, he literally couldn't even have a conversation. A conversation. Like an intelligent a, man, an intelligent. This not. is this is a guy with a master's degrees, an MSW, and a, a clinical counseling degrees, who who provided therapy to young people. He can't you put know? words together, and now. literally couldn't even. Put, he still can't. I te I just texted him yesterday. I was like, "Hey, how, how are you doing?" He's like, uh, "I don't know." Like, who is this? I was like, mm. "It's me." Like, it's so it's sad. It's it's, mm. it's it's definitely a killer out here in our community. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it going down. You know, I still consult on weekends sometimes, which less and less now because Pride Lines has just gotten so busy. But um, uh, I still see a lot of people in the treatment industry when I go consult up in West Palm or anywhere else. Um, it, it, the numbers are still high. Yeah, and they're gonna be. They're gonna continue. Wow. You know, bad grinder hookup or just being marginalized makes you yeah. want to go do some drugs and alcohol. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't identify yourself in your license. <sighs> makes you want to go. You get drink. arrested. You yeah. get arrested. Makes you want to go drink. Right. <sighs> Tonight's broadcast is supported by viewers like you and the generous support from Visit Lauderdale. Everyone under the sun. Next, we are proud of our special partnership with Sunshine Cathedral, the world's largest queer church here in Fort Lauderdale. Supporting that partnership, we are broadcasting from our permanent set here at Sunshine Cathedral at the Happening Out Television Studios. We broadcast Sunshine Cathedral's Sunday international service at 10.30 a.m.
We finished tonight's queer news headlines with a segment we call one LGBTQ plus one minute news. Yeah, what she said, LGBTQ plus one minute news. We queer up politics. Senate Democrats urged to reject anti LGBTQ plus amendments in traditional funding bills. The human rights campaign, along with several other groups, have written a note, a memo to Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer and House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries emphasizing the need to oppose discriminatory amendment riders or add-ons in the annual budget bills. These provisions are supported by the House's Republican Anti-Equality Majority and House Speaker Mike Johnson. The amendments are the most common way to get anti-LGBTQ plus initiatives into law. Talking to the advocate, Jeffrey's spokesperson assured that House Democrats will continue to resist extreme policy measures pushed by Republicans. Will the appeal made by the nationwide organizations get justice? Only time will tell. LGBTQ plus one minute news. Let's queer up entertainment. Latrice Royale is still large and in charge at Sunshine Cathedral Performing Arts, February 10th. As her Instagram bio says, she is, quote, large and in charge, chunky yet funky, bold and beautiful. So get prepared for a wonderful evening of entertainment with one of my favorite RuPaul queens, Latrice Royale. She has a special new show at Sunshine Cathedral Center for the Performing Arts on Saturday, February 10th. Latrice Royale continues to be a part of top 10 favorite queens in the history of the RuPaul franchise. The show features great storytelling and live singing in the performance. Admission is limited to patrons 18 years of age and older. Sunshine Cathedral Center for Performing Arts offers a nonprofit theater experience supporting the community. It is America's leading LGBTQ live entertainment series. All of the revenue of the center goes back to community LGBTQ programming. Tickets for the event start at $25. For further details about the event and ticket purchases, visit sunshinecathedral.org. LGBTQ plus one minute news, let's queer up lesbian culture. First champion out figure skater makes history and unfurls pride flag getting gold medal. In a historic victory, out skater Amber Glenn secured a U.S. figure skating title and then proudly draped herself in the progress pride flag while posing with the gold medal. Glenn, who publicly came out as bisexual and pansexual in 2019, is the first queer woman to ever claim this prestigious title. This accomplishment follows her silver medal win in 2021 and bronze in 2023. Despite facing adversity, including a recent concussion and broken bone from a skating incident, Glenn emerged triumphant. In 2022, she served as a, as a reserve member of Team USA's figure skating squad at the Winter Olympics in China. LGBTQ plus one minute news, let's queer up the US view. It Gets Better has a new name and website to meet new challenges facing queer youth. As more schools and libraries ban LGBTQ plus books and enforce Don't Say Gay, It Gets Better is doing more to help. Formerly known as It Gets Better Project, this LGBTQ plus youth advocacy group now has a new name, a new website, and a bigger mission. That organization started in 2010 to support queer youth facing high suicide rates, and now the group believes its mission has evolved. Losing the word project from the name shows that It Gets Better is going to be more involved in complex issues facing LGBTQ plus youth. The new website has educational resources like a glossary of LGBTQ plus terms, videos, and blog posts. As Ross von Metzke 
Senior Director of Communications said the new website, itgetsbetter.org, is an important digital platform for LGBTQ plus youth who may not get enough support in their schools. Queer News Tonight supports It Gets Better and encourages our entire community to support our LGBTQ plus students and youth. LGBTQ plus one minute news, let's queer up the USA view. Targeted raids on Seattle gay bars over lewd conduct violations. Seattle's gay bars underwent raids by local authorities where venue owners alleged that citations were issued solely based upon the patrons' clothing choices. These allegations suggest that the Joint Enforcement Team, a collaboration of local authorities including the Seattle Police and the State Liquor and Cannabis Board, targeted 15 establishments including four LGBTQ bars for lewd conduct violations. The inspections also included a college bar, a music venue, and a bowling alley. Owners of the Cuff Complex and the Seattle Eagle, both LGBTQ establishments, assert no prior citations for alcohol or violence-related offenses, emphasizing that the issue appears to revolve around customers' clothing choices solely. Seattle is famously LGBTQ community-embracing, so the targeted rays had sharp community reaction. That is today's news for the LGBTQ plus community on the world's first and only daily LGBTQ plus evening news show. If our community is important to you, share this news with your friends and family. Are you, like most of America, part of our very large television audience watching this live LGBTQ plus news broadcast right now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and of course, Amazon Fire TV? Queer News Tonight is the only live LGBTQ plus digital television show in the world that is out of the closet and into the headlines. We need your support. If our community is to grow, we must tell our stories and bring them to the attention of the broader world. This is the only place in the world that tells these types of LGBTQ plus stories in motion and sound. That is the passion of Hotspots Magazine, Happening Out Television Network, and Queer News Tonight. I'm your anchor, Faye What? And on behalf of these LGBTQ plus reporters, the incredible anchors of Queer News Tonight, including Bonnie Builder, John Hayden, oh, yeah. Dr. Edward Summers, and Hunter Ohanian. We will see you daily at 8 p.m. And to our LGBTQ plus world, we wish you good night. Good night, everyone. Bye.